Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, together this morning, our message is kind of just one of those off messages. We're not in a series. We're in between series. We'll start a new series this next week, talk about what we believe. We're going to go through the Apostles' Creed at a kind of highlight. You could either dive really deep into something like that or just touch on a couple key things. We're going to touch on a couple key things. But today, we're going to answer this question here. What does God do with your sin? It's a great question, isn't it? What does God do with your sin? As we do that, I've got a question to start us out with. The question is this. What is the heaviest object you have ever carried? The heaviest thing you've ever had to carry. Now, maybe some of you, you know, you are, or earlier in your life, you were bodybuilders. You know, you had to lift weights, press those weights up. You know, guys, you like to sometimes say, you know, I can bench press so many pounds. What is the heaviest thing you've ever had to carry? There's a lot of things I've carried before. Probably one of the heaviest things I ever carried was actually not a thing. It was a person. Um, it was a member of our congregation, Josh, or Joshua, who was part of our Poland mission team. And one of the years we were there, I gave him a piggyback ride. Now, those of you who know Josh know that Josh stands about this much taller than I and about this much wider than I. And he's a big, built, young guy. And try to carry him up the stairs on Poland or back down the stairs, back at feel, you know, how much heavier he was and say, my daughter, if you know my daughter, stands about, you know, chest high and probably weighs about 95 pounds. Big difference. You know, when you carry a heavy burden, it it is just difficult. When you talk about, you know, heaviness and strength, there is a Finnish man, let's make sure I get his name correctly, Yoka Ahola, who is twice now been called the strongest man in the world. How's that for a title? The strongest man in the world. And Yoki, as he is called, it lifted the Atlas sphere, this big, you know, sphere that, by the way, it weighs 474 pounds. So imagine, he lifted this sphere about three and a half feet up in the air and put it into a barrel. Not only did he do that, he carried a car. Now, it was a small car, only weighing some 978 pounds, some 90 feet. So that's probably from like here to the end of our aisle, our sanctuary. That is just incredible. That's a lot of weight. So whatever you might say is the heaviest thing you've ever carried, there's one thing that maybe you haven't thought about. And the heaviest thing that we have ever carried is what David touches on in Psalm 32 that Randy read for us just a little earlier. And that is the weight of our sin. Our sin is that heavy burden that we carry in life. Let's go ahead and and read Psalm 32, verse 5, the first portion here. Let's read this together. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. So David talking about this burden that he is carrying, he talks about this, and he mentions three different words for sin that are translated in English. We have the word, you know, sin, we have the word iniquity, and we have the word transgressions. Now, transgressions means that you cross the line, you defied authority. Sin is falling short of the mark, missing the expectation. You kind of think like the bow and arrow, and you want to hit it in the bullseye, and the arrow goes way off that direction. And then iniquity is a sense of crookedness or a distortion 
of reality, distortion of the truth. So David says, you know, he confesses his sins to God. Remember our question is, what does God do with sin? Well, David answers this, Psalm 32, verse 5, second portion. We read this, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Well, what does it really mean that God forgives our sin? Well, you know, Scripture really has a lot of richness in it. As we stretch back into the Old Testament and into the New Testament to see what God does with our sins. So we're going to talk about ten ways, ten kind of metaphors we're given in Scripture of what God does as we confess to Him our sins. Number one, God forgives our transgressions. God forgives our transgressions. Now the literal, literal word here for forgive is that sense of carrying a heavy burden, of being weighed down. So it's kind of like, you know, here I've got a backpack on, and it says, as God forgives my sins, it's like I get to drop the weight. God takes that weight off of me. If you didn't hear the big thud, you know, a bunch of books in the backpack hitting the ground, and there's that sense of, wow, you know, I have been forgiven. The weight of my sin is gone. So God forgives our sins. The second thing that God does as he talks about that forgiveness is that God covers our sin. God covers our sin. Psalm 32, verse 1 in Romans 4, 7. You know, here in this psalm, it, and there's a little play poetically here, David is talking about how he is trying to cover his sins. Do you ever do that? Ever try to cover something up and hide it? You know, maybe when you were a kid you try to hide something. Some of you are not honest, are you? Like we, we all do that, right? And we come before God sometimes. We try to cover our sin up. Like, God, you can't see this, can you? God, of course, is God. So God sees everything, knows everything. But we try to cover our sin up. And then David says, well, then I no longer cover my sin. I was honest with you. I confessed to you. And then what happens here? And this is a connection with the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement, you know, the, the lamb was sacrificed. The blood of the lamb covered the sin of the people that points to the blood of Jesus covering our sins so no longer was David covering his sin and hiding it from God but God was covering David's sin he was forgiving him of all his sin so God forgives and God covers our sin number three God does not charge us with iniquity God doesn't charge us with iniquity. It, the, the, the sense here is that of like a bookkeeper. So you imagine God you know, like a bookkeeper. I don't know, thinking God like a bookie, but more like an, an accountant. And so every time that you sin, God is keeping a record here. Every word you speak, every word you misspeak, all acts of unkindness, of greed and jealousy, God is taking a tally here of all our sins. And so what David is seeing here is that, you know, here's my iniquity. should be charged against me. And it would fill up this book just probably, you know, and that next book and the next book. We have volumes of these things that says God no longer charges that against us. He no longer holds us accountable. In fact, it says in Romans 4, 8, Blessed is the one against whom the Lord will not count his sin. God is not counting our sins against us. God forgives our transgressions. He covers our sins. He doesn't charge us with our iniquity. And God also removes our sin from us. God removes our sin from us. Okay, for those of you here in person, I want you to, without hitting somebody next to you, put your arms out like this. And, and if you're at home, you can do this too. 
Don't hit the person next to you either. We see, you know, in the psalm, we hear this in Psalm 103. This is probably one that you maybe have heard before. Psalm 103, verse 12. God has removed our sins as far as what? The east is from the west. That's in other words, it's saying it's an immeasurable distance that God has removed our sins from us. So no longer are our sins in our relationship with him. He has removed them. They are gone. They are out of the way. In John 1, 29 John, as he sees Jesus coming, John the Baptist, he's in the Jordan River, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who takes away our sins, who takes away your sin. doesn't matter how small or how large the sin is. He takes your sin away. He takes away our sins. He removes our sins from us. And then number five, God washes our guilt away and cleanses us from all of our sin. God, you know, think about this. Again, cleaning, I don't know how many of you like to clean and do house chores. You got to, you know, spray the clean, wipe things clean. Got to do that again. It seems like I just did that and I got to clean it again. But we hear in Isaiah, or Isaiah, Psalm 51, 2, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from all my sin. Or Isaiah 1.18, though your sins are bright red, they will become as white as snow. Though they are dark red, they will become as white as wool. You see, you get this idea that God is, in Jesus, you know, cleansing us, again, of our sins. And if it's anything like, like our houses, you know, it's something that we need to do regularly. In fact, daily we confess those sins and he cleanses us of our sin. The stain of our sin is wiped clean. God also throws our sins behind his back. God throws our sins behind his back. Now here's what I mean is, if you think about it this way, you know, a sheet of paper and a pen here, if this is, you know, your sin, got the word sin on there, God is sin there, and God takes our sin as we confess that sin to him. And more literally what it says is he takes that sin and he throws it behind him so that he no longer sees it. So that it, again, is no longer in our relationship with him. So even again, every time we sin and we confess that sin to God, God takes that sin and puts it behind him. No longer is it a part of the relationship that we have with him. Isaiah 38, verse 17, we hear these words. You have thrown all my sins, where? Behind you. God gets rid of our sins. This beautiful metaphor of what God does. Number seven is God sweeps away all of our transgressions. So I got a broom here, you know. You know, I got to sweep every day. Got to sweep. You know, and, and you think about that, and one reason to, to talk about this and hold these objects up here, hopefully, you know, if you sweep later today, you know, or this week, and parents might say, ooh, now I can give my kids some household chores and let them learn about God's love all at the same time. So God sweeps away our sins, you know, the idea that, you know, he sweeps it all away, that they are swept away and he remembers them no more. He has gotten rid of our sins. Isaiah 43, verse 25, says, I alone am the one who is going to wipe away your rebellious actions for my own sake. Isaiah 42, verse 22, 
I made your rebellious acts disappear like a thick cloud and your sins like the morning mist. And this image here, again, is a sweeping image, but think more like if you've ever been to the Colorado mountains, you know, or if you've ever been to the Appalachians mountains, or, you know, we've gone to the Poland mission trip, you know, you go to the mountains, the Biscetti Mountains there in, in Poland, you get up early in the morning, and there's this sometimes heavy mist that's over the mountains. But as the sun rises, that heat, you know, the mist disappears. In the same way, God says, I sweep away your sins. They are no more. So he sweeps away our transgressions. And number eight, God remembers our sin no more. So God, rather than, than holding on to a memory of what we have done, to the sin we have committed, and see, this is something we often do to each other a lot, don't we? especially in our family relationships and sometimes congregational relationships. We remember, you know, I, you said this to me. It might have been 20 years ago in a marriage, but you said this, you did this, and I'm holding on to it, and I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to hold this against you. God says, I will not hold on to this anymore. I have forgotten it. You know, God wipes it from his remembrance. We hear this in Isaiah 43, 25. We had this a little earlier. I will not remember your sins anymore. And then Jeremiah 31, 34, and Hebrews 8, 12, the same, declares the Lord, I will forgive their wickedness and will no longer hold their sins against them. God no longer holds on to your sins, to our sins. All right, number nine. Number nine, God cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. So you kind of think like a stone. How many of you have ever gone like skipping stones on a lake? You know, or just for the fun of it, seeing how far you can throw a stone and see, you know, how far out it gets. Well, like it says, God has taken our sins. So you think about this, you know, if God took our sins, he'd have bucket loads of these rocks like this, if this is every sin we ever committed, and he takes and he casts them, you know, and he casts them so far out that they go into the depths of the sea, that this sin goes so far out that it disappears and it is seen no more. Micah says, you will throw all of our sins into the deep sea. Number 10, God nailed our sin debt to the cross of Jesus. God nailed our sin debt to the cross of Jesus. Colossians 2.14, Paul writes these wonderful words. He did this by erasing the charges that were brought against us. That's our debt record. By the written laws God had established. He took the charges away by what? Nailing them to the cross. Not only does he erase our debt, he destroys the document. Kind of think of like a mortgage burning. That document, that debt is gone. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. And you know what do we owe him? Well, we can never pay him for what he did for us. We can never erase or remove or destroy the sins that we committed. It is Jesus who pays for it with his blood for us at the cross. Of course, what we owe him is a response to that. What we owe him is our love, our gratitude. So that all we do and, and say, and the gifts that we may share as part of the offering, the, the acts of kindness that we do, the, the, the times that we reach out for others, are a response to what he has done for us, for all that he's given to us by his death on the cross. What does God do with our sin? 
Well, hopefully, you know, you hold on to one of these ten metaphors. In fact, what I would challenge you to do is, is take one of these metaphors and, and this week, you know, focus on at least one of these metaphors. And, and if it's helpful, you know, grab a stone and if you've got a pond or something, just say, God, here's the sin I'm thinking about right now. I'm confessing this to you, Lord God, and I know that you're going to take this sin and you're going to toss it into the depths of the sea. Or that if you're doing some spring, oh, spring, sorry, fall cleaning, and you're cleaning the house, you know, today or this week, that you're cleaning, and as you clean, you just remind yourself, God, you're wiping away all of my sins. Or that you think about God having a record of your sins. You say, I'm going to take this record, and I'm going to rip it up, because I know, God, you do not hold this against me. That he loves you, and he forgives you. See, that shapes who we are as God's people. We are shaped not by our sins and our failures, but by God's love, by his grace, by his mercy, and his forgiveness. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have paid it all. You have taken away every sin we have committed. As we confess those sins to you, Lord, we are confident in your love, in your grace, and forgiveness. We pray this, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.